In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Welcome one, welcome all to In the Lab. I'm Drew Doherty. That's John Harris with his jazzy hands. And how are you, my friend? What's going on today? Oh, boy. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a long uh, two, three months uh, with the draft. And then obviously, personally for me, moving, selling my house, moving, yeah. <clears throat> getting half my family settled in L.A., half my family settled here in Houston. It's been, uh, it's been crazy. And so everything got settled about an hour and a half before the draft started. So it's been a, it's been a whirlwind to say the least, but hopefully it's all done and not can settle in and get ready for uh, this 2022 season. So looking forward to the 2023 draft. And I know the next question is, when do you start? I've already started. I started back in late February. Uh, Cause it happens every year. You get to a point where you've seen these guys over and over and over again, like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do something fresh. And so I started kind of, getting my 2023 board ready to go about 14 months in advance. So um, I have to, I'm a one man operation as far as that goes. So <laughs> I got to start getting that thing done and ready in advance. So uh, I was already looking at some Ohio state CJ Stroud and Jackson Smith in Jigba film this morning. Didn't get too far in before we started in the lab. So, Oh, Paris Johnson too. We met him at the combine. This was strange. We were leaving the combine drew. You guys have think left the day before. And me and Mark and Suds were leaving the next day. And so we were going to check out and we were waiting for them to check us out. And as we were doing that in the lobby, were four Ohio State players, CJ Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Paris Johnson. And then one other player I couldn't recognize, but I knew the other three. And I just walked up and said, yo, <laughs> I walked up to Paris Johnson. and said, you want to come to Houston right now? I just leave it all behind. He started laughing. <laughs> and I just said, next year, when you come to Houston, we'll show you around. He kind of chuckled and, and laughed. But they were there for some sort of symposium hmm. for the NCAA, and they were yeah, there for the, the weekend. NCAA is basically across the yeah, street from where yeah, we stay right there. at the hotel. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's yeah. Where the so it was kind of it's kind of cool to see them uh, on the way out, wondering, hmm, well, one of these guys would be a Texan in the future, huh. um, especially the receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba, who the last we saw him was in the Rose Bowl going against Utah for about 365 yards or something like that. It was a Pretty sick good. performance. So it was uh, it was interesting times to come about, to say the least. No doubt. You saw those guys as you were checking out. We saw former Texan Akeem Dent, both coach and player Akeem Dent. Yeah. So it's always fun at the combine. Okay, it's good that you talk about, <clears throat> talk about next year because the Texans have 11 picks next year. They've got two ones. One of them's courtesy of Cleveland. They've got their own two. They've got two threes as well. One of those is Cleveland's. They also have a four, a five. They've got three more sixes. None of them are their own. You got one yep. from the Giants, one from the uh, one from the 49ers, and one from the Saints. And then they have their own seventh. So altogether, that's eleven. But a one, but two ones, a two, two threes, a four, a five, three sixes, and a seven. That's a lot to deal with. We're going to touch a little bit more on the draft, and then we're going to get into kind of the the current Texans or some of the new Texans that aren't rookies. But one of the things that stood out to me from draft weekend was when Christian Harris was doing his interview with the media, A, he's from Alabama. So he had been taken right after an Alabama teammate in John Mechie, the third wide receiver. And B he's from Baton Rouge and he knows Derek Stingley and he played on a, uh, 
a seven on seven with with that guy, the, the Louisiana, the LA bootleggers, Louisiana bootleggers. So he did that a while <laughs> That's back. Amazing. That's awesome. Because you think linebacker and corner, what are they doing playing seven on seven? Well, Christian Harris is he runs like the wind. He ran like a four, four, one in the 40 at the, in the 40 yard dash. But then on top of all that. And he was getting, a safety too in high school. So exactly. That yeah. So he's a DB too. basically that moved yeah. down to play linebacker. He bulked up a little bit, kind of the old Jimmy Johnson theory from the eighties yes. when he was at Miami, Yes. make your Very linebackers, much. defensive linemen, make your safeties, linebackers, make your corners safeties. The ones that are kind of on the fringe, not the, the true yep. great ones. So right. if they're, you know, a little bit fast, move them, move them down a little bit, bulk them up and, and get a, a bigger position speedier. And then on top of, on top of all that Stingley and Harris, Harris said trained along with Jalen Petrie, the safety at Exos coming in. So there's a nice connection between, you know, those four guys right there. I thought all, right off the bat, you know, I thought that was really kind of cool. So there's a little bit of a connection, a little bit of a chemistry that you got a, a familiarity. And I think that's going to serve them well. And I'm not saying it's going to go uh, all sorts of distances, but I think that's very nice. Yeah. And it serves them well just right off the bat coming in, don't you? Absolutely. I don't think there's any question in that. And then you can go a little bit further. The book ends, Stingley and Deculus, teammates at LSU, for three years. So they know each other coming in. Kenyon Green and Jalen Petrie and Austin Deculus, all three of those guys from Houston or from the greater Houston area. So – that's that's pretty cool too. Obviously, yeah. you got a number of guys uh, from the SEC. Thomas Booker comes here as a teammate of starting quarterback Davis Mills uh, back at Stanford. So you've got that. The only one really that off the top of my head had really kind of no connection that I could Tegan. see was was Tegan Quintorino, Quintoriano, who I called that pick. Drew, I felt good about it. I don't like to brag about certain things, but every now and again, I hit on one. Right. And I just happened to hit on pick number, I think he was 170. We were talking about in studio is Clint uh, Sterner and Sean Pendergast was driving things. And he looked over and said, okay, what are you thinking? And I looked at the positions that they'd taken. And I thought, man, they haven't taken an edge rusher. And they haven't taken a tight end. I was like, boy, the tight ends kind of fit in this. And I was like, man, I really like the guy from Morgan State. At this point, Tegan Quintoriano. And I looked up at the TV and you could see in the video, I jumped out of my chair and I called it. I mean, I don't, I, I don't brag much but that one i was like i got it so i felt pretty good i had gotten john grenard too and back in 2020 so when i call one especially that late in the draft i feel good you know calling a first rounder is a little different but when i you know get one in the in the fifth round whatever that was um i was i was feeling my oats a little bit but yeah i think drew having a rookie class that's got some familiarity is gonna help because you know that somebody in that same room that you're that you know is going through the same thing that you're you are for the most part. So you can commiserate. You can walk over there and you don't have to feel embarrassed. You can walk over to a rookie and go, "Hey man, how you feeling?" Man, I am overwhelmed. And that guy's gonna be honest with you because you you know him and they've been there and they can lean on each other a little bit. And this is gonna be a class that this organization is gonna have to rely on a lot going forward. Uh, the five man class last year, um, this class. And obviously future classes. And look, there are still a few guys left over from 2020. I mean, we've seen great things from John Grenard, Charlie Heck, um, from the 2020 class, Ross Blacklock as well. So they're all going to have to sort of lean on each other because there aren't many draft picks in the in, in the building, if you will. But this class in particular, for what it means, having the first rounders and Stingley and Kenyon Green. Um, but yeah, connection's always good, man. I mean, I, I can't, I mean, I can't say enough. I remember going to Brown many, many, many years ago 
and going in there and, and knowing two or three guys that were from the city of Houston. And so we were from Texas and we had that connection and that just always helps the camaraderie. And now you got a bridge you gap between being a rookie and now the guys in your position room, the guys on your side of the football. And then obviously the guys wearing the same color Jersey uh, on Sunday afternoons, uh, Thursday nights, whatever you might, might do. So I, I think that absolutely helps. And when I heard Christian Harris say that, that it did the same thing for me as it did for you it sort of triggered a thought like, Oh, Oh, man, that's kind of cool that they've got a connection, at least, even though Alabama, LSU were, you know, crazy rivals. And by the way, while, while I'm here with Alabama, LSU, I haven't gone and done the math. In fact, that's something I might do after this. The 2019 LSU Alabama game. It will go down as the greatest wide receiver game in the history of college football. Now that it's all said and done, but it might go down as the most draftable talent game in the history of college football too mm -hmm. and i'm gonna go and, and do it but just the receivers alone there were six first rounders there were two second rounders john mechie being one of them and then stingley to a i mean also deculus ended up going to the sixth round i mean it was it's crazy to think about the talent i'm gonna go ahead and do that maybe for the next in the lab we can geek out on that one game alone yeah because the texans had a number of those guys, including Metchie and Krishna Harris and Derek Stingley, that all played in that 2019 game. And it, it's insane. It was an insane game. But I want to go back and look and see what the final tally is for what talent was in that game because it's just insane. Yeah. Maybe the Texas-USC game for the national title might rival that. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe. There's a, there a Miami-Florida State game that Vandermeer was convinced. Yeah. I think it was wide right three. So the year 2000, which I, because a lot of those guys were backups. Sean Taylor was a backup. Yeah. You know, Dre was a backup at that point. So there might, there might be some in, in that game too. So I'm going to compare and contrast. That'd be kind of fun, but my goodness, getting three of those players from that game is, yeah. is kind of cool. All right. So we will break down more about these draft picks in the weeks to come, the months to come. I want to talk a little bit about the pass rush though, because that's a position that you didn't really see the Texans go hard after in the draft. They could have, but they went other, other directions. Instead, we saw them the day after the draft on Monday announce the signing of a guy that can do some things, John. The guy who had six and a half sacks last year, John. Yeah. The guy from the Seattle Seahawks, Seahawks, John. Tell us about the newest addition and what he means to this defense outside or, excuse me, across from Jonathan Grenard on the other side. Yeah, I remember when Rasheem Green was a young dude coming out of USC and watching him, watching him as a true freshman, thinking, whoa, this guy's got a pretty unique build. You know, they're playing him at different spots for USC. He's about 6'4", 6 6'5", 275, 280. And you think, boy, he could be a guy that bounces inside, bounces outside. You know, last year, the Texans had a guy named Demarcus Walker, and that's what Demarcus did. Demarcus would bounce back and forth. He would play out on, on the edge and then he would go inside. And he was a really, he was a really nice piece to have because he could create mayhem from both spots, whether he was pass rushing, whether he was playing the run, you know, he was strong enough to hold up against the run if he was inside and he was quick enough and had some good moves on the outside that he could use against tackles in the pass game. I think Rasheem, I think that maybe triggered a thought that, hey, a guy like Rasheem Green, a little bit younger, longer, a uh, little bit more explosive in that way comes in and kind of gives you what Demarcus Walker gave you last year. Not to say they're they're complete and total 100% Xerox copies of one another, but I think the way that that Walker was used last year could be the way that Rasheem Green 
is used given his size. And like you said, he had six and a half sacks. He had a big field goal block against the uh, team formerly known as the Washington football team and ran that back. He's got some athletic abilities from LA. He's from USC. So, you know, he's played in some big games. He's been in the, the big moments. And with Seattle, you know, in 2020, he got hurt. He was coming off 2019 in which he had had some starts. He started about half the year. I thought, okay, the arrow's pointing up. And that injury, yeah, kind of took it back down a little bit. But he had a good year last year. But Seattle just wasn't a great team. But he's got the assets they're looking for on the edge. And then they signed Mario Addison as well. And the Mario is just a relentless edge dude with a lot of experience. And, look, there's no telling when these guys make the team. They start. They're all pros. We have no idea with that. But that was interesting on Saturday. We waited for Nick Casario to come down here for our post, post-draft interview with him. We always get him live after the draft. And so he came in here and we were talking to him about and talking to him about certain things in the draft. And I believe I believe I asked him about, you know, is there anything that you felt maybe you were you, you didn't get in this draft that you wanted? And he said, Well, you know, uh, there'll be some made about, you know, not getting not getting some edge players, but you know, we got a couple of players. In fact, I don't even know if you referred to edge players as such. He had just referred to a couple of players that they had discussions with and were going to sign after the draft. Bada bing, Monday, it's Rasheem Green. And then Tuesday, it's Mario Addison. I thought, yeah. oh, okay. I mean, he, he flat out told us that they were going to sign some players. And when I saw those two, I thought, boy, those are pretty good. Those are pretty good signings at this point um, in, in the whole process. So you throw them into the mix. Green is 24 years old, 25 years old at that. So he's still got a lot of football left. And, you know, look, whatever you get out of Mario Addison, a guy that's been around a little bit um, is, I say gravy, but it's great to have a guy that's been around and seen it all with yeah. still some young players that he can mentor. Um, and that is, obviously, if he's not Ryan Tannehill and wants to mentor them. Oh. Did I need to go? Did, did, I, need to, did I go there? I'm sorry. That was good. I'm That's sorry. Good. I Look, I don't I, – Ryan, I mean, I know what he said, but – yeah. Hopefully it'll help him. Hopefully it'll help Malik Willis. Hopefully. Yep. But then yep. again, there's part of me thinking, hopefully not. So, you know, I don't... sometimes, and sometimes, yeah. Anyways, I'm just going to leave that one. Who cares? Yeah. We're, we're the Houston yeah. Texans, not the Tennessee Titans. So. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the reminder. Hey, man, it's always good talking with you. And we will do this again next week. We might get nerdy, like John said, and dive into who was drafted and some other big games in, in the uh, college history past that yielded a ton of NFL draft picks. So, John, have a good one. Thank you so much. And we'll see you again very soon. This is In the Lab.